Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast. I am uh, merely Andy Barons. I'm back from a week of vacation. I am joined as ever by Dalton Del Don. It is a busy week in the NBA. There's a lot going on over the last couple of days. Dalton, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing well, Andy. Nice to have you back. Uh, any stories from your vacation? Uh, you were missed. Any All-Star Game follow-up? I know it's been a while, but you were there personally. And another reason for me to give the excuse of saying I had a BAM at plus 950 in the skills competition in case you didn't hear. But any oh, good stories man. since you've been is out? that right? That is right. Yeah, that might be my greatest claim to fame recently. But forget the Niners uh, futures 40 to 1 bet in July. Bam, at nearly 10 to 1 in the skills competition. Forget the fact that my reasoning was thinking that the big men were going to be on one side. So he sneakily had an advantage game theory and he was immediately drew Spencer Dinwiddie right away. Forget that. The, <laughs> the process was wrong, but the outcome was, was luckily right. But anyway, how was it in person, man? Yeah, I like I got to say it was it was just it was just great. Like it was it was a pretty awesome experience and if anybody like if you have the opportunity any listener has the opportunity to participate um or attend any portion of All-Star weekend like it was fun. And I'm, you know, this may shock you, but I I don't necessarily travel in celebrity circles, so I didn't get any like A-list treatment. Um It does shock me. But it was it should. Actually it should. It should shock you. Um, but it was great. It was, it was a really good time. The, uh, uh, I was, I, I think I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, I was really looking forward to the rising stars game and that did not disappoint. Like it became, you know, kind of an in-game dunk contest in, in all the best ways. It was the, I guess one takeaway for me was that the event itself, and I had not attended an NBA all-star weekend before. It was a little bit it was a little bit more corporate than I was ready for. Uh, a lot of giveaway tickets. Uh, there were like the first level in particular was so empty at the start of the Rising Stars game, which to me was just nuts because it was everybody I wanted to see. It was Zion. It was it was Ja. It was Luca. It was Trey Young. Like it was that was a great roster of players. And so that was a little funky. Um, but the the next two nights were just spectacular. That was a it was an all time dunk contest. We had we had pretty good vantage point on um all of the dunking and uh uh buddy healed and it was just it was great and then the game itself was super fun too the i thought the fourth quarter was going to be i was a little bit nervous about it but i had met um somebody who works for the nba the the night before the all-star game and they were actually they were really excited to see the way the the sort of fourth quarter uh scoring and end game was going to go and Man, that guy that guy was totally right. Like it was I thought that was great. I don't know what your thoughts were on the the finish to the game, but I loved it. Yeah, which with Chase Center being new, hopefully I do get a chance to see an all-star weekend um, you know, next few years. At least they do that with Super Bowls with new new places. Um, usually reward the city. I absolutely love that Elam ending that fourth quarter to the point of I'm like now championing the whole all NBA switching to it. Like it was so much fun. Yeah. I couldn't be more wrong as far as, oh, this is going to be quick. Do the people not realize all-star game of uh, 24 points is going to be over like that? It was 15 minutes of gameplay and there were no commercials. So it was so fun to watch on TV. The competitiveness, I get it was an all-star game in just one game, but uh, if you don't, and, and the, who cares? The, the free throw ending made it even better. What if he had missed both of them? And by the way, if you don't like games ending in free throws, you should love this ending because it's the it creates right. the opposite of that you wouldn't want to foul so i'm like all in i think it's like the greatest thing ever and it's to me it's like we should be using it it's it's it's, it's better than what we well, the game using. the game it's nearly serious. ended on on the harden three um right. for which he was yes. called, like got the the charge call lowry got the charge call which was awesome i i have no issue with a game ending on a free throw at all like that doesn't that doesn't bother me there was a lot of tension in the arena at that moment um the, like the crowd was great the only 
I guess the only thing that would have gotten to me is if uh, is if one side had won like the first three quarters, um, you know, like it was great having the the kids who were, you know, the recipients oh, of yeah. the of the charity and all that. It was great having them on the floor because it kind of it kind of overcame that corporate element to the crowd. Right. It was great having them on the floor. But, man, that would have been like if one of those charities wasn't raking in any money, that would have been that would have been bad. It would have been bad luck. Um, but I just I right. thought the ending was great. I was super happy with it. No, for sure. No, it, it, I'm serious. I'm a fan of that uh, of that ending. So let's get a starting five, man. We have a busy show. We have a lot of stuff going on. Everybody's hurt. Like like upper tier, tier one stars are injured right now. Um, we're not even going to be able to get to stuff like uh, Lillard still not playing. Kemper Walker is still out. Uh, uh, Clint Capella, we have no ETA on him. Um, like all those things are important, but. We got to start with uh, a huge injury from Wednesday night, actually. Uh, Joel Embiid goes out with a shoulder injury that looked like, like my God, he was in a lot of pain as soon as it happened. Uh, uh, I think it was a collision with uh, Zizek, uh, if I'm not mistaken, against Cleveland. Uh, we already know, like as we're speaking, this is this is Thursday afternoon, and this is one of those classic scenarios where it's very likely that like an hour after the show, we're going to know everything there is to know about this injury. Um, we don't know a lot right now. They're calling it a shoulder sprain. He was going for an MRI. Uh, we're probably going to have results of that fairly soon. We know he's not going to play on Thursday by his immediate reaction. And, the, you know, I think they had to take a foul and he just ran to the locker room like I, I think we have to expect this to be more than like a one night thing. Um, Al Horford obviously benefits in fantasy terms, but this is this is quite a this is quite a blow for a Sixers team that was already without some key pieces. You said it, though. I'm sure there'll be uh, revelatory information as soon as we uh, hit stop yeah. on the record here. But uh, Embiid, it's a bunch of uh, values with 76ers jumping all over the place. I mean, Horford was borderline droppable uh, on the bench. And then they lose their two stars, and now he's, you know, his value shot up. Embiid, uh, we'll get to the Simmons injury next, but without Simmons, uh, Embiid's usage rate was like 37% this season, which would be like tied for second in the league with Giannis. So his value looked like he was just going to be a monster, and now this injury. So, yeah, the, the team does not look encouraged with either, but maybe they're just being dramatic. So it's a wait-and-see approach for now, but uh, definitely a boost in value for Al Horford, uh, Kylo Quinn in deeper leagues, and, and yeah, guys like Tobias Harris and, and Richardson are obviously going to step up as well. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got Horford in one league. It's a weekly transaction league, and of course I haven't, you know, like he's not an ideal start. I haven't been playing him. He's been on my bench. I've thought about dropping him so many times, but it's like there's there's still some value to the to the brand name, right? So I just haven't done it. I've uh, luckily I, I have enough garbage players on that team that I've been <laughs> that I've been able to drop other guys, right? But um, you gotta think that Al Horford just just playing the role of a of a true center now for however long this is, whether it's three games, whether it's ten games, I don't know. Uh, a huge boost to his value. Hopefully, he can get, get back to double doubling. Absolutely huge boost for him for sure. Hopefully you're lu- yeah. Hopefully you're lucky enough to have as bad a team as Andy Barron's. You could drop <laughs> some other people before him. But and then the yeah. Simmons back injury, the nerve impingement. He looks like what was crying out of the X-ray room. I mean that doesn't look great either. Uh, Shake Milton's the guy I ran to. The- I got him. I grabbed him in my home league. He looked uh, pretty good the other night, and he's starting and he's getting the minutes and the shots up. So he would be the the actionable. Uh, the guy to grab for me, it's, it's Shake Milton. You tell me if you think otherwise. There's some, you know, Corkmaz, Furkans out there. Um, 
One of the takeaways, Philly, uh, we'll get to this later, but they, they're projected, they have a really bad playoff schedule, I think, with just two games in week 21. And uh, who knows, maybe that doesn't matter anymore. But uh, yeah, just a disaster with the injury situation in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, you took us right into our, our second topic here is going to be Ben Simmons. Um, just what a double blow for for Philadelphia. Uh, I'm no longer feeling particularly good, by the way, about my 18 to one uh, ticket on uh, on the Sixers to win it all. Uh, the Simmons situation seems bad. And it's one of those where um, I know the initial timeline was they were going to reevaluate him in two weeks. And of course, anybody who's been a fantasy player or sports fan for any length of time knows that like reevaluation does not mean he's coming back in two weeks nerve impingement back issue um and you you've said um i I think both of the key names i've added uh in fact as soon as uh the simmons news broke i'd added shake milton in a couple leagues um i believe i dropped ish smith both times i'd have to look uh, nobody cares about my garbage drops. Um, but like Shake Milton could be a thing. He was about the only player who looked lively and looked engaged in the uh, in the Cavs game. I thought he had 20 points in that one. Pretty good shooter. He's shooting about th- I think it's 39 percent from three so far this year. He's a really good percentage three point shooter at the college level. He played at SMU. Uh, I was looking at his college stats a little bit earlier like 43, 44% from three as a collegiate player. Um, so I, I think the threes are going to hold up. I think I think there's a little bit of playmaking there. He's obviously not going to be 20 points a night, but can he be 14 points a night with five, six assists? I think that's definitely in play. Yeah, I know the steal percentage is impressive. 37 minutes the last game, uh, 14 field goal attempts. You mentioned the three-point shooting. So yeah, given the Sixers... Uh, situation right now. If you're in a competitive league, I'm definitely rushing to grab uh, Shake Milton. Totally agree with you there. So I actually did about a week and a half make a, a decent size for me uh, futures bet on the Bucks at minus 150 to win the East. I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. These two injuries happen r- right afterward. Uh, the, the Celtics are definitely a, a worry as well. But the more yeah. I thought about it, I'm like, why do I keep wondering if the Lakers or Clippers are going to beat them in the finals when I'm when I'm sure and I look minus 150. Uh, so I will see Bledsoe how he does in the playoffs. He can stay healthy. But uh, that was my bet. And then this happened with the with Philly. So yeah, rough man. I, I don't I don't like to see it at all though. Yeah, it's a separate topic, but like, who are you most afraid of in the East? I, I suppose it's the you Celtics have to... now. I mean, yeah, it's a Celt- Tatum looks like a freaking monster, and yeah, yeah, they're playing well, so it's the Celtics for me. I don't like. I don't know that I feel like Philadelphia just seemed so well. Um, like, I, like I, the, just the way they've built their roster, it seemed so uniquely built to be able to do some of what Toronto did to to Giannis last year. Um, if they had some when they're healthy, they have so much size that they can throw at you. Um, I would think you'd have to give Toronto a puncher's chance, right? Uh, especially if Gasol can come back. But e- even then, you're obviously you're lacking, you know, one of the best defensive players on earth in Kawhi Leonard. So that's probably not that's what like a 10 percent chance, 15 percent chance, something like that. Maybe you fear Miami a little bit, but I feel like I feel like Miami came a player sh- came up a player short at the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, my Philadelphia, I liked your, your futures bet when you did it, by the way. And they do have upside defensively in, in the playoffs if they were to get healthy, obviously. Um, but man, if Toronto did win the Eastern Conference without Kawhi, I, that would be what a, Nick Nurse is the man. I mean, that would be so, so impressive. But uh, to me, yeah, I mean, Miami, just such crazy home road splits, though. And that would go away, theoretically, in a series that they wouldn't be partying, you know, and, and they stay in the city <laughs> for a few days. So, yeah. Um, no, that really does. That does le- lessen in, in, in playoff series. You know, there. You know something so, I don't think that we've talked about on the on the on the pod 
at all necessarily this year is the the crazy home road split for the Sixers. Uh, yeah, they're they're a three hundred team on the road. Like yeah. they are they are playing at a level that you would just you would just not think that as a playoff caliber team. If you only saw their road record, you'd be like, well, that's you know they. They should tank. Are they tanking? They might be tanking. Um, yeah, and there's no the thin road. air in Denver to point to or South Beach in Miami to point to. So what is it? It's just yeah. motivation. I mean, that's a weird, right? I mean, there's something weird with that. That dramatic. 27 and two at home. And you mentioned on the road 30. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's just it's too dramatic to seem like a fluke to me. But I know I'm normally super dismissive of uh, home road stats like that because like I don't see any reason why a good team should be that bad on the road. It it normally seems fluky to me. I kind of ignored it for most of the first half of the season, but man, they, they are legit terrible on the road. And it is one of those rare cases where I, I like, I don't, I don't know what's contributing to it. I don't know what life on the road in the NBA is like, but like, my God, that's awful. Yeah, I know it's been a weird fit all around with the new pieces and uh, yeah, it's a tough blow to fantasy owners. And, you know, if you're a 76ers, Fan, I mean, it sucks the injuries and Embiid. Embiid, I hope he's not just going to be injury prone his whole his whole career. But uh, boost in fantasy value for Al Horford and uh, go grab Shake Milton off the waiver wire. Yeah, you also mentioned uh, Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, I'm I'm looking at a tweet right now from our friend Mike Gallagher at uh, Roto World. He had a he had a good nugget on Korkmaz. His per 36 stats without Embiid and uh, Simmons this season. It's not a it's not a huge sample in terms of minutes, but twenty one point one points, three point one boards, two point three assists, a steal, and uh, four and a half three pointers a game. So, uh, like again, small sample, but he's a perfectly relevant player too. If you can't get Milton, I would I would definitely take a look at Corkmans for sure, especially if you need threes. Um, let's stick with let's stick with injuries because we got another big one. And maybe this is, you know, maybe, maybe this is a one day thing. Maybe this is just a night off. It's a version of load management. But uh, LeBron James uh, has a groin issue uh, coming off just a, a terrific game in what was a really fun game. Uh, uh, all things considered against the Pelicans. He comes out of that with a with a groin malfunction of as yet unknowns uh, severity going to miss at least one game what is your level of worry what should as as a lebron owner uh what should my level of worry be uh this is another one of those it's going to clear up probably right afterward but right now i'm yeah. not too good big of concern because he finished the last game and he looked strong uh and there's a funny there's a pick out there he even put on his instagram of him dunking on josh hart and that might be where he hurt his groin mid dunk a, on that uh it's a bad look poster. for the person getting yeah. dunked on it's it's, it's a very 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 bad look so could be load management you know resting against the uh you know the loaded uh warriors team uh let's that is their opponent here so i'm not too concerned but let's say he does sit out a few games uh ad's use rate jumps from 29% to nearly 35, which would be near league high. And Kuzma, the other beneficiary, jumps like 4% his usage rate too. So, but it's a wait and see approach, and hopefully it's 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 not much. I, I don't expect it to be to be too severe. Um, Although for, it's, it is, you know, it is the groin. The one concern is the groin was the problem last year, right? To, right, to, to, right, to point exactly. That uh, as for playmaking, can I interest you at all in Alex Caruso? Can I interest you in Rajon Rondo for a for a night? For an evening, an evening of pleasure with Rajon Rondo. Does it do anything for you? Absolutely, yeah, sure. If you're in DFS and Price is Right, uh, Rondo, yeah, every now and then some, some big games and without uh, without LeBron, sure, in, in the right spot. But I don't expect this to be a multiple multiple game thing. I I gotta say, um, you know, I know the Lakers have been like the center of the NBA world so far this year, but uh, it had been a while since I just watched a full 
like start to finish Lakers game. And that that Pelicans uh, uh, tilt was that thing was fun. And uh, I got to say, like Caruso had some of the the best highlight plays in that thing. Like, I, I feel like he's a little bit of a punch punchline, but guy's pretty oh, yeah. legit. Um, yeah. the, the, really the, athletic. Yeah. No, oh, the between the legs pass uh, to James for the for the dunk that, uh, uh, you know, so embarrassed the donkey like that was that was just great. Like he's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, Pelicans, they might even have a better roster, though, if you look at that, man. They're an interesting team. I hope they do sneak into the playoffs because you look at that top to bottom. Uh, obviously, the Lakers are so, so top heavy. By the way, look back at just how good is LeBron. I mean, obviously, season ended last year with the injury. With the season before that, he, he takes that loaded Warriors team into overtime in the yeah. playoffs and breaks his hand. What if he doesn't break his hand that series? Like, the guy, just look at the mismatch of rosters. Compare that. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a fun postseason. Let's put it that way. Even not to, you know, not to diminish exactly what the what the Lakers have done so far this year. They're obviously a great team. Um, Anthony Davis is obviously a wonderful player. But like you look up and down that roster and that is that is a stars and scrubsy sort of team, right? Like it's not. Yeah, right. you know, that's LeBron and AD and then some dudes. Um, and, and there's not a lot there that is notable. And for them to be not only the, the one seed in the West right now, totally. but like clearly the one seed, I think they have a five game lead now over, uh, over Denver. Um, it is a really impressive achievement. You don't, you don't hear a lot of, at least may, maybe you do in LA, uh, in the rest of the world, you don't hear a lot of LeBron as MVP buzz, but it doesn't seem crazy to me. I mean, it's obviously Giannis's award to, to lose at this point, but, um, man, uh, it, it, this has been quite a season considering age and everything else. Oh, yeah. No, LeBron, LeBron's, uh, he leads the NBA in defensive real plus minus right now, too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is absolutely crazy, man. I mean, yeah, you're running away with the West. I thought they'd be right there with the Clippers battling for the four and five seed just because even though I picked them, you know, they're the two best teams in the West. Uh, yeah, I just thought that they'd just take coast to the regular season. But very, very impressive. You're right. It's, uh, yeah, LeBron. What, what more can we say? He's good at basketball. Yeah. So as we speak, they're 44 and 12. Like 44 and 12 is pretty, that's, that's pretty legit. That's not that far behind uh, the Bucks, who are on a near historic pace. Um, it's just really impressive because I, I got to say, I didn't, I didn't look at that roster like preseason and think this is the runaway, no doubt about it, number one seed in the West. I thought they were a contender for the one seed. I didn't think they'd care about it, actually. No, I didn't either. Yeah, no, I mean, I've given MVP to Giannis, but uh, I'm with you. LeBron is just right there in the conversation. Okay, so we've hit the we've hit the biggest injury news. Um, let's get to let's get to something good. Let's get to something fun. Let's talk about your Warriors. Uh, you, you mentioned LeBron's got a game coming up against the Warriors that he's going to miss. Uh, not uh, not not immediately, but by Sunday, uh, and by the next time. We uh, we reconvene for this podcast. Uh, Steph Curry will have played some games. He is expected to return Sunday. There were some murky comments the other day from Steve Kerr about uh, when exactly it would happen and, and the need for Curry to continue practicing. But the the goal had been for for a long time, for several weeks, had been March 1st. And it sure seems like he's on track for March 1st. He returns to a team that is firmly Andrew Wiggins team at this point. So how does how does Steph Curry fit in? A lot to unpack here, but so it actually wasn't <laughs> my favorite. My favorite news of the week last last week when uh, the, Curry revealed that he might be dealing with permanent nerve damage in that left hand. Uh, I guess it makes sense. That's why you missed three months instead of the usual two with the broken hand. I guess go figure. That's what happens when a large man like Aaron Baines, you know, falls on it. 
says he's getting used to the new normal and you see him shaking it. I don't know, man. It's really not great. I mean, the guy uses left a lot, the ball handler, but yeah. at least it's not his shooting hand and hopefully it eventually does go away. But um, I think he's going to be totally fine in minutes. You know, obviously not going to use him too much, but uh, if you have him in fantasy leagues, you're obviously uh, using Stephen Curry. But this is just a nice excuse to talk some more Andrew Wiggins. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, not making, I'm not making this up. I uh, have a jersey uh, and I got an email and I talked about it last week. I was going to put it on right now mid-podcast uh and i got an email today saying it's supposed to arrive today so it's like been three weeks and it's literally gonna arrive today maybe the doorbell will ring in the background as we record this but uh Uh, how exciting would that be if we can get if we get live video of you um donning the wiggins jersey happy 25th birthday andrew wiggins it was sunday i know because it's both mine is february 23rd uh few few just facts i'm only shooting off facts here uh barons uh since the trade Since the trade, the T-Wolves are by far the deep, worst defensive team in the NBA, not even close. Um, Who could have seen that stats, coming? All these stats, after a bad game, Wiggins actually, I know I wasn't, uh, it was unclear if he was capable of having one, but he did have a bad game. <laughs> but even including that, all these stats, courtesy of cleaning the glass, with the Warriors, effective field goal percentage, he's in the 79th percentile among wings. Block percentage, 98th percentile. Steal percentage, 90th percentile. Points per shot attempt which is basically true shooting percentage, 81st percentile. With Minnesota's previous career high, he never was even in the 55th. Usually it's like in the 20s. This is all without Curry, the player that makes life easier on teammates, maybe more than any other in the league, Andrew Wiggins. And he's not he's just... Speechless? Your, your feeling is that he's not just on a hot streak here. This is, this is Warriors culture, claiming him, elevating him. Yeah. Unless Giannis becomes possibility in the trade down the line, then he can go quicker than uh, you can say. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, Wiggins is, uh, yeah. So anyway, those are some impressive numbers, and I felt like I had to get them out there before they all go downhill south. So, you're, dr- so you're drinking that Kool-Aid that uh, the, the trade was, the genius of the trade was really about matching salaries and a deal for Giannis. Yeah, well, that has been the rumor. But uh, uh, light years ahead, Barons. I just, just, just pointing out facts that you look at him compared to Wings, his peers among the league, and he's just dominating ever since he's put on a dubs jersey who uh which not to you know obviously this is a huge celebration and everyone here is excited that steph curry is coming back um who are we dropping in fantasy because steph curry is coming back yeah if you're in a deeper league and you had jordan Poole, you can probably let go of him kai bowman um i actually dropped damian lee in friends and family looking forward i think he is probably going to lose value if you're uh in, if you're not in a deeper league um and I will mention one guy I do not drop is Marquise Chris. You know, he's been the number 38 fantasy player over the last month. This is a month's game to sample now. So he's been a nice find and an otherwise really thin roster. But yeah, yeah, Damian Lee would be the guy fantasy-wise that's going to lose the most value with Curry's return. I got I to gotta say, I got that Chris thing totally wrong. Um, had every opportunity to add him in multiple leagues. Didn't do it. Like I've been... You know, I've I've been worn down by the Warriors this year. Like they they no team short of okay the the Wizards have an argument, but I feel like between the Wizards and the Warriors, they have fed every waiver wire column all year, right? Like it's just it's just a new guy each week, and I. I missed the boat on Chris. He's been great. You're right. No, for sure. There's been a lot of misses. I was all Eric Pascal hasn't been that great fantasy wise. Uh, totally. It's made lives easier for waiver wire uh, writers. But um, ultimately, the, the main find has been Marquise Chris. And he was widely available. He was undrafted in all leagues. OK, topic number five. I've been uh, I've been itching to get to it. Uh, probably the two hottest players in uh, in the NBA yeah. right now. Bradley Beal and my man, Kobe White. Um if you're starting a franchise right now 
but these guys go one, two in some order. I don't know who you taking first. Yeah. So uh, I got to talk Wiggins. You go ahead and talk Kobe. Why? I mean, wow. I mean, career high 35 points came against a tough OKC backcourt. First Bulls player to knock down five threes in three straight games. And I believe the first Bulls rookie since Jordan to score at least 30 points in three straight games. So go Barons. Go nuts. He is actually, he's one of the only, um, I forget how many it is. There's only like three or four guys ever who have scored uh, 30 in three consecutive games coming off the bench, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I wish I could do for Kobe White what you just did for Andrew Wiggins, but I, I can't quite sell it that hard. He's still like... I've been in the arena for a number of games in which Kobe White is just purely no-showed, right? And, and it's never for lack of shot attempts. Um, he's still shooting less than 39% on the season. So I'm not full, like, he's fun, and he, especially in a season like this, uh, if you're a Bulls fan, where you're just going to have to sit through some nonsense occasionally, and it's been Zach Levine and maybe nobody else uh, on any given night. It's fun when he when he just goes on. He like he's one of the he's one of the more tremendous hot cold players in the NBA right now, right? Because like if he hits that first three, um, some some stuff is going down, and he's gonna jack five more. And you know he, he tends to run hot and cold in in a way that we rarely see. So he's been really fun. I'm I'm gonna be really surprised if it continues. I'm afraid though, because we have at some point Markinen comes back soon, Porter comes back soon. Those guys are going to those guys are going to eat up a lot of shots. Um, You know, Carter returns like there's a lot of people who are going to claim a lot of shots that are coming back. And Kobe White obviously has to play and they can fit him into whatever mix it is they think is going to be their starting five next year. Um, But there's not going to be unlimited shots for him very soon. So as a fantasy asset, like how do you not add a guy who scored 30 plus in three straight games? Of course, you have to. Uh, He's among the most added players in Yahoo leagues right now and and deservedly so. But uh, I think it. I mean, I think he's going to be among the most dropped players probably in three weeks. Yeah, that's probably makes sense. He's safer in points leagues. Um, but man, he's fun to watch. He's very, very quick. Um, yeah, I mean, he's living up to the hype in that area. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, keeping him firmly uh, on that bench role? You're right about the Bulls eventually getting healthier. But what about right now? Um, As long as he's closing, like I never really matter, get hung yeah. up. I, yeah, I never really get hung up on uh, who's starting. And I, like, I know some players do. They, they shouldn't like it's so much more meaningful. Like, are you on the floor closing quarters? Are you on the floor closing the game? Like that is a much bigger deal. Uh, we saw him on the floor to close the game the other night. Like w- when he goes off like this, he is absolutely going to be in the closing lineup. So that it, it would annoy me if we, you know, if we get late in a lost season and we're not seeing Kobe White, like pl- playing whatever, whatever high leverage minutes this team can possibly uh, uh, find for the rest of the season. Like Kobe White should be playing those in, in a, you know, the most competitive environment the Bulls can possibly create for him. So I hope that happens. I, you know, I'm I'm never going to get fired up about a guy starting or not starting as long as he's playing sure. 28 plus minutes a game. It's kind of how I feel. No, totally makes sense. Uh, I'm happy for you, and at least some excitement to uh, to watch <laughs> the end this season. No, I mean he, he's he's balling out there. He's, he's got some uh, he's got some good swag too. I like Su- him. super fun, really charismatic player. That's really yeah. that's really fun as well. And for somebody who's not obviously like by NBA standards, Kobe White is not unusually athletic you know he's not a particularly explosive player but he gets to the rim against a lot of like against teams and in situations where you just don't think 
he's going to get a shot within three feet of the hoop he manages to. So that's really impressive as well. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a quickness. But uh, yeah, no, glad, glad, good for Kobe White. But I'm with you, though. He'll probably end up being dropped in droves once the cold, you know, he's due to regress with his hot shooting for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I kind of feel like this version of Kobe White, like rookie year version of Kobe White, is probably going to finish the season with a shooting percentage somewhere in that 37 <laughs> to 39 range because he t- like. He, he takes some bad shots of the like if he gets going if he hits a couple like he's going to take a shot that that nobody and no coach in their right mind would sanction like i don't know he takes some takes some quite he makes some questionable decisions out there but it's fun when it all goes down for sure so all right, kobe about some, uh, some pickups? the obvious kobe white being the obvious ad of the week um <laughs> i know you just recorded a segment the other day who else uh who else are your priority ads this week? Yeah, yeah. We talked Shake Milton on this pod. Um I'm gonna uh, three the guys I recorded with some bigs and they didn't have great games right after I recorded, but uh Nas Reed in Minnesota, Harry Giles in Sacramento is widely available, but Rashawn yeah. Holmes and Bagley are both hurt. And he's a young guy, you know, that Duke product with his knees are okay. They might just unleash him, and he's an interesting guy. And Gorgie Jang is my number one priority to not have a great game last night. But I mean he's averaged one point eight steals, two blocks, two point one three per 36 minutes um he could be a sneaky like third or fourth round value guy with all those injuries i mean because jaron jackson jr went down and everyone's like you know brandon clark's gonna be a monster then he got hurt so for the next two three yeah. weeks gorgie jang despite his you know his not great game last night he he's the guy that should be on all fantasy rosters and then two others uh cam reddish um he was playing well it looked then deandre hunter came back but uh now with deadman out he may see more time at the four and it looks like a light bulb has clicked there he's been far better the last couple of weeks so cam reddish still available in 70 percent of yahoo leagues and finally kevin porter jr they might unleash him in cleveland he's still available in uh in nearly seven in nearly 80 percent of leagues uh and not malik monk by the way he was the guy that was Ugh. leading this list for uh the last week or two and uh, even I record when I recorded the video, I'm like, Devontae Graham is slumping. Malik Monk even got a start over him. And literally two minutes after uh, we stopped recording that, it's like he's suspended we- weirdly, too. It's unclear why. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, some sort of drug related uh, suspension. We don't know exactly what it is just yet. But all of a sudden, the NBA catching people. Right. Like we talked about this early in the season. It's been uh, it's been Aiton. Who else got who else got popped? Who am I blanking on? John here? Collins. Uh, John yeah. Collins. Yeah. Collins. Aiton and now uh, and now Monk. So uh, really surprising. And he'd been, you know, he, he'd been a really good story for the last month or so. So that's a bummer. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a handful of other names at you from the most added list. Um, these are I'm only going to throw names at you that I myself have been considering as ads and haven't pulled the haven't pulled the trigger yet in various leagues. Uh, what are your thoughts on like, I, man, I've added and dropped this guy already like two or three times this year. Um, Michael Porter Jr., making his way back onto the most added list. Uh, you know, just just had a, a 13.8 rebound game, not playing a ton of minutes for Denver. Talent is obvious, um, but maybe the floor time is not. Yeah, it just depends on how deep your league is, but I have not made a priority to rush to get him this year. I just think it's just going to be too inconsistent. He'll show flashes. I'm impressed. I think he's going to be a player in this league for a while, uh, particularly his rebounding, but um, uh, I don't know. He's just going to be unreliable. Um, I thought Tristan Thompson was just a, a straight drop after the uh, after the Drummond ad, but we've seen him on the floor with Drummond occasionally. He's put together a series of double doubles. Uh, is he in your in your in your view uh, must add must own? 
this is so dependent against Larry Nance is the same thing. I mean, if he's droppable, then he's yeah. putting up big numbers off the bench. I mean, I think, I think there's love will eventually get shut down. So if you can afford to, to stash Thompson and Nance, I, I would do both. Um, man, Andre Dr- Drummond, uh, that whole situation there, the defensive stats since uh, they've come over. Uh, oh, that's, that's a mess. The future there. Yeah. Um, one, one other name I want to throw at you uh, just because it, it's a player you already mentioned. That's Deandre Hunter. Hunter's available in over 70% of Yahoo leagues right now. Um, the raw numbers are often quite good. He's not a great shooter. I know that. Um, but he's kind of been filling the box score a little bit. Yep. He's another guy to definitely keep your eye on uh, as well. I said, I said Cam Reddish. And then another one I would say I, I see on this list too, Justin Holiday there in, in, in with the Pacers with uh, Jeremy Lamb going down. There's a situation yeah. there. Let's see. I know I've gotten some questions about drop Oladipo. I'm like, no, I know it's been so frustrating, but theoretically he'll get better the more you know his legs get underneath him. And now with Lamb freeing up some minutes as well. I like that you mentioned that because I've seen a couple of uh, do I drop Oladipo questions myself. And I just like the thing, I guess, that I come back to is, is your ceiling for Oladipo to me just seems so much higher than any of the names that you're going to commonly find on the on the wire in any fantasy league like even if it's bad even if you have to bench him for stretches for a week at a time two weeks at a time um it's really hard for me to let him go like we knew it wasn't going to be pretty necessarily when he came back from a near catastrophic injury Yep. No, I agree. And I want to reiterate Nas Reed real quick too, because he's getting dropped in a lot of leagues too. And I keep the, I think the latest blurbs are mentioning just on Roto World, just like James Johnson. But I still think on a per 36 minutes, you look at him and he has upside there and who knows with the situation in town. So, uh, you know, um, Nas Reed, I think is another interesting guy there to at least keep your eye on. And he's probably widely available. Well, the town situation doesn't seem great at all. And there's probably room for both him and James Johnson to do a little something like what's the, like, James Johnson is a is a fine deep league play, I think, right? Like somebody who can go oh, yeah. Tw- yeah. 12, 5, and 5 any night. But that's like, but that's very close to his floor and ceiling, right? Like he's not gonna he's not gonna have a big blow up game. Like James Johnson isn't going for 35 and, and 15 or anything like that. It's never yeah, happening. I, right. And if you're in the category stats, you know, Nasri gets the, the blocks and whatnot could help you there. But yeah. Malik Beasley has been a total, total, total monster since coming over there, too. He's been a huge beneficiary and should continue to be. Well, let's get to our in case you missed it. And I want to start with uh, I'm going to start with some partner content from uh, our friend Ryan Knauss at, at Roto World. He wrote about like this isn't for everyone, but he wrote about um, fantasy playoff schedules and he just sort of went team by team, took a look at uh, uh, who has basically not even like a strength of schedule thing so much as who's got the most games played, which is obviously huge as we get into the final weeks of the season. Um how much do you look at stuff like this? I guess first of all, I'll start there. Not enough uh, myself. I don't. I don't pay attention to it enough because uh, the, the, my bigger money leagues aren't head to head, so it doesn't matter to me as much. But this is a really good article. You're right. Um, I, I highly recommend it. There's some interesting stuff. Uh, before we get into it further, what about you, Andy? Do you do you pay uh, close attention to it? Yeah. See, that's the thing. I play. I play a lot of head to head. I just prefer the format. The the thing is, it's so um, it's so contextual because if you're if you're just scrapping to get into the playoffs, like right, you just got to be one of those four teams. Totally um, you, right. you can't you can't waste your time on stuff like this, right? Like you gotta you gotta win now. Like I just can't I can't. I'm in a league. In fact, both of the head to head leagues that I probably care most about um, 
like I'm well positioned, but I'm not so well positioned that I can start thinking about what the schedule looks like in April and late March. Like I got to win. Um, I'm hanging on to, I'm hanging on to fourth and one and I'm hanging on to sixth and another. And I like, they're both situations where I have a, I have a chance to vault up a little bit and I should make the playoffs, but it's not so guaranteed that I can carry a guy who's not playing or I can carry a guy simply for the fact that he has a couple of four game weeks in, in late March. I'm not there now. Like this is, this is one of those things where like it's a rich get richer situation because if you are extremely well positioned, you're the one seed in the playoffs right now and nothing seems to be able to derail your season. Like, yeah, you, you should be, you should be looking for opportunities to scoop up players. I'm just, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at Ryan's article right now and the, the teams that really jump out, um, the Spurs are going to have one, two, three, four, four game weeks and uh, a couple of three game weeks over the final seven. Um, that's huge. Basically, every team plays just two games in the in the final week. So you can kind of throw that out. Spurs have a ton of four gamers. Um, the Pistons got like one four game week. The Pistons are actually really short on games. So if you've been riding Christian Wood, that's a bit of a thing, right? They've got a they've got a two game week um when you don't need it and then they've got just a bunch of threes and, and so you have a you have a real um you know like over the final month of the season that's going to cost you like four or five games. It's a huge deal. Yeah, a lot a lot can change. It's like, oh man, who can predict what's going to happen? But really, I believe uh, they quote he quotes Doctor A in this in this column, and he calls a cat a, basically games played should be a category, and he's totally right. I mean, yeah. that, it does yeah. come down to that. Uh, if you look at your opponent and the head to head, I mean, that's the first thing you really. I mean, obviously projected points, but the games played, it's it's that it's huge. So so yes, this stuff does matter. And uh, yeah, the teams that Ryan uh, suggests you avoid are the Mavs, Pistons, and Blazers, and you mentioned it. The positive ones are the uh, the Lakers, Wolves. Spurs, Jazz, Wizards, and Celtics, uh, and man, Jason Tatum. Just if you if you watched him lately, uh, growing oh. confidence. Hit eight threes the other night. Just step back. Uh, LeBron James called him an absolute problem. His numbers in February just look silly. Uh, Jason Tatum's still twenty one years old. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Um, he, he's absolutely filthy, um, and especially lately. Let me let me ask you um, two game weeks. Star players in two game weeks. What is the caliber of player? that you just like set it and forget it. There's no way I'm benching him even in a two gamer. Like I, that is a thing that I struggle with from, from time to time. It is totally tough. And I'll give you a cheat code. Go to our friends at basketball monster and Josh Lloyd projects it out for the week. So uh, Josh Lloyd's great. Uh, he fill in capable fill. In. I should call you Wally Pip capable fill in Josh Lloyd uh, from the uh, po- podcast than, last week. Capable, uh, yeah. Yeah. And capable. Yeah. And he does a great job of that. So honestly, that's why I, I look at his projection. He projects out the week and, and, and then that, that helps because you're totally right, man. It is difficult to compare the games played versus these players. And, and you want to get even more in depth, obviously you look at your opponent too, you know, and you see what right. categories you're really going after. Yeah, that's the thing. You you really do have to look at uh, matchups and where you think you're going to be light and where you think you're going to be heavy on stats. Uh, what you got? Anything in, in case you missed it this yeah, week? Yeah, I actually do have two. Okay, uh, two of them. One, uh, Kawhi Leonard was caught by TMZ uh, on Cabo during the All Star Break vacation wearing his own jersey. I just love Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he literally, <laughs> there's pictures of him wearing his own jersey. Well, I mean, the guy is the best. I mean, other people that would look obnoxious, not him. That's that's endearing and amazing. And then in a more serious note, um, 
the Players Tribune, uh, Ben Gordon had a fantastic yeah. article about mental health, and um, it was great. And it's really, it's really well worth reading. I know you're a Gordon fan, so yeah, it was really good. That, that is, well. uh, yeah. that is one of my all time favorite play. Like when you think about guys that weren't necessarily like all star, although Ben Gordon should have been an all star uh, many times over. But you think about players that are maybe not quite all star caliber that you just like. I just adore Ben Gordon. He's just one of my all time favorite. Not, not even Bulls, just one of my all time favorite NBA players. And he's sort of in that. We've talked about it before. He's in that that list of guys to me who like if he just came up today what a stud he'd be because he was like every season of his bulls career he he was a 40 plus percent three-point shooter in an era when he may only take three a game today be taking 12 a game oh definitely yeah and, and really uh, just he opens up and it's interesting stuff and uh, uh really really a well well worth reading um good stuff Andy. man glad to have you back man Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm actually like there's one other piece that I want to shout out um, that that I was just reading this morning. Kevin Pelton um, did a great thing on Kristaps uh, Porzingis in the Dallas offense and all of the criticism of Porzingis not posting up. I just thought it was really interesting. Gets into the math of it, gets into the like sort of Mavs um, offensive philosophy. It, it was really good. Like it's pretty clear that Porzingis, especially with the caliber of post-up player that he is right now, should not be posting up. It is not efficient offense in the NBA and is certainly not what the Mavs are trying to do. And the Mavs have been like historically good offensively. Like it is not a problem. They don't have any they don't have any offensive problems. So anyway, it was a really good piece. Gets uh, not too deep into the math, but I thought it was super interesting. Yeah, the Mavs number one in offensive efficiency and Luka leading the NBA in usage rate by a wide margin. So, uh, yeah, I would, I, would, I would keep the ball in his hands. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm seeing Dallas uh, in Chicago next week. I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, nice. Definitely. That'll be fun for sure. Yeah, sick. Yeah, that'll do it. The only uh, the other thing I want to shout out is uh, the Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which made its triumphant return uh, just a few days ago with Scott Pianowski and Fred Zinke. Please check that out. Subscribe. It's great. They they dealt with the whole issue of what on earth we do with the Lion cheating Astros uh, in Fantasy Baseball Leagues in 2020. That was pretty good. So um, that pod is back, and y'all should be subscribing. And with that, we will be back next week, of course. Please subscribe to us, me give us a nice review on apple Podcasts. tell a friend about the show you can follow any of us on twitter i am at andy barons he is at dalton del don uh also please follow the at yahoo fantasy account that is it for another week thanks to our producer ragu we are out <laughs>